captain of Ingog. Akiva's faces his job in GOG with Keeve and Ellie and Zooey. Hello, and welcome to another episode of NGOG, which of course stands for Non Goys Obsess Gleefully. I am neither the non goy nor gleeful, but I am joined by the great Ali Lasher and Akiva Winokur. Welcome to your own podcast. Dr. Amanda punking us, pretending she didn't remember she had to host in the preview <laughs> chatter before we got on here. You got me. <laughs> I, I, I am nothing I am nothing if not always prepared for, for, for all things. <laughs> always prepared. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm delighted. Th- that's the best way I've ever heard of a, uh, someone referring to a Jew. We're non-goys. That's what we are. <laughs> non-goys. Exactly. Didn't we have a whole discussion, Akiva, where you said you didn't say goyish and now you're saying non-goy? Like, I do think, you hear yourself saying I that think, or is it the I cold think, that you yeah. think Guyish is like is considered a pejorative kind of, but some people will disagree with it. As opposed to what? I guess just no, the Gentile. No, no, no. I'm talking about the diff- the pronunciation. You've denied oh. that you pronounce it Guyish, oh. <laughs> like whereas Amanda and I Goyish. in America would say Goyish, <laughs> as she said in the beginning of the pod. Is it Goy or like Goy? I guess is the question. All right, we're <laughs> yeah. we're losing. <laughs> We've already lost them. I this is what the, this is what the people are here for. Well. Dr. Amanda, why are you here? And I why did you choose this episode? That, well, I want to say that Dr. Amanda messaged me and said, I'll take this episode to, like, save you, right? I don't remember the exact <laughs> words. Well, okay, so when you asked me what episode I wanted to do, Allie, I, I like, so I watch New Girl in, in its runtime, but I haven't watched it very much since. And so I was looking through season two episodes, and nothing was really, like, jumping out at me. And I thought, like, uh, I bet, like, Allie and Akiva would appreciate, like, a buffer person here for this episode that's all about sex stories. So I thought that this was, like, a good public service that I could do for uh, for maybe both of you and the listeners so that it's not just you guys talking about awkward losing virginity oh, stories. Should, that is yeah, we should have had Chester now that I think of it that would have been funny. <laughs> it's a real it's a real two for one cuz I think honestly buffer is the uh, p- correct word. I don't know that Akiva and I would have done an episode this week if not for you <laughs> for many reasons, but we're happy that you're here. Um, and there, and as a result, we're here to talk about season two, episode twenty-three, "Virgins," directed by uh, the oft-mentioned Alec Berg, written by Rebecca Adelman, aired originally April thirtieth, twenty thirteen. Dr. Amanda, what were you doing April thirtieth, twenty thirteen? Twenty thirteen. Oh gosh, so I think that I was. Pro- I think I just finished graduate school. I think. I, oh, I think I was probably. I was maybe back in Philadelphia I don't like this is the time I mean it makes sense that I watched the show because this was the time of my life where I had like nothing to do but just like watch every television show there's so. a burn to the listeners and to me and Keith <laughs> you watch this if you have nothing else going on it's good it's good but I feel like this is a show that I probably wouldn't like have be actively seeking out in my like much more limited television time right now but I like I enjoyed it when I watched it and so I think that that's probably why I've seen um like the whole series it's because it sort of just fell in this sweet spot of my television my my most insatiable television viewing Keeve is that how you feel that new girl's a good show if you have no life and nothing else going on (laughs) That's when it's best appreciated. 
Keith, when is Mara getting back on board? I not there was a ton of physical comedy in this episode. I thought mm-hmm. of that. I thought of that. This was a good slapsticky episode for Mara. Yeah, we. Uh, she did not watch this episode with me. I think. I think all the women in my life are kind of annoyed with me right now. Um, but <laughs> um, I think. Um, yeah, she would have liked this one. I, I I mentioned on the podcast that my daughter has now binged every episode, right? So now I have to like when I watch the episode. Normally, I'll an episode like this. I like kept pausing when one of the kids came into the room because it was like a little racier sometimes. But then I'm like, I think they've all seen it basically, except the boys. Who don't know what's going <laughs> did on. you say that on the podcast, or did you? I I feel like you voice noted a dear as you may. I don't know if you. Oh yeah, you might it. be right. Yeah, I, that my daughter uh, has binged the whole podcast. But now we're like joking. No, not the podcast. We could not get her to Sorry. listen to the podcast. No, that's true. She- <laughs> has, has binged the entire series of New Girl, and will jokingly threaten to spoil me if I like. If I say something, she'll be like, I'll spoil New Girl for you. Okay, well, what you should jokingly threaten her with is that then she's going to have to deal with me. And it's one thing to deal with you, Keeve, but uh-huh. she does not want yeah. to deal she's, with she's me. She's not afraid of me. That I can assure you. <laughs> I, I'm happy to have a, a long-distance phone call with her. Honestly, I think I think the youth of today, uh, you know, I'll give them some props. I think they respect spoiler culture. Like, I don't think ah. she ever would do that. She's just joking, you know. <laughs> I think it's think the boomers who spoil. Does not. Respect spoiler culture. I think we do. I think it's the boomers who spoil. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, like I think we know. Also, I because we're in like that Survivor universe, and it's like such a big like, don't spoil things. Like a last night's episode. B like if you know, you know who wins or whatever. Long term, I think we were raised on spoiler culture. You know, Doctor Amanda, is that a theory? That boomer is that an appropriate theory that uh, that could be tested? That boomers don't, don't respect spoiler culture. I don't know if that would does that qualify by Chester's definition of the word theory? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I mean you could you could definitely you could definitely test that. You could do like a generational approach to spoilers. Um, I think you could like develop a survey or an experiment that would that would get at that. All right, uh, Keith, get started on that, please. Mm-hmm. We'll, I'll sponsor you. <laughs> Keith, is it awkward for you to watch an episode like this knowing that your your daughter's seen it? No, because I'm sure she's seen much worse. She'll, yeah, she'll like, yeah. negotiate with me sometimes. She'll be bored and she's looking for a show to binge. I told her to watch Superstore, but I don't think it's um, – is it on Netflix? I'm not sure. It's on it's Hulu. Not. Yeah. Yeah, because she's Netflix only at this point, I think. And she um, – but she'll every day she come over like, can I watch Jane the Virgin? Can I watch? Like every there was like a new show every day. She's like, she knows that she's not allowed to. But what, what I think her move is that she asks Mara, and then if Mara says yes, like I never hear about it, and she watches the whole series. And if Mara says no, then she asks me. Like you divide and conquer with parents. I don't know if I oldest trick in the book, baby. Yeah, mom right. says no, yeah. go right. ask dad. Now I used to like I would get in trouble maybe once a year in school, and I would tell my if I told my dad not to tell my mom. I, by the time I was out the door, she would already know. But sometimes, if I would tell my mom that to tell my dad, he would never find out about it. So, I like, think moms are very good at knowing. I have the same thing, and like there are some things like later in life, my mom's like, "Oh yeah, I totally told dad," and then something she was like, "Dad wouldn't even want to know that," so I didn't tell him. <laughs> like right, I mean, moms but, know the line. But it was one of those things. Like sometimes it would be like, "Well, I I would know if she would tell my dad because even if she said you cannot say anything, he would be like so mad about it." Like. I, like, called the teacher a bad word once or whatever, like, he, if he had known. that One time, um, I we were going Ooh, to a... Rebellious Keeve. We were going to a Spurs-Knicks game at MSG, because I'm a Spurs fan, and I said something bad to a teacher in, like, the last period of class. And then I got home, 
And what is something bad? Don't yada yada the best part. What is something bad? I don't remember. Like I just, I, I like her. I don't know. I, I, I insulted him in some way. I made a joke, and he. I don't, it wasn't like a curse word. I like made a joke, and he took offense to it. And um, so he called. I thought I was like in the clear. I didn't realize. I thought we were just joking around in class, you know, making fun of your teachers as as kids do. And um, as I, we were like going out the door to go to Long Island Railroad to go to the to Penn Station to go to the game, he called. And my mom told me like later that night, she's like, "Oh, I saved your life. Like if you would like that game would have been canceled. Like because he called literally a minute before we were gonna leave. Like all she had to do was go downstairs. That's it. Game over. And she never she never told him. So that you know she was a real champ there. That I, explains I guess I, a lot I guess about I everything one. you get away with. And That's like not that. true. I didn't. I, I don't get away with anything. I I people always people always rat on me. I have a question for the parents in the room. So mm-hmm. everyone who's been able to achieve a great life milestone. <laughs> yeah. So, Keith, it interests me because you said, you know, your daughter varies between who she asks you or Mara. Between uh, Dr. Amanda and your husband and Keith and your wife, is there, like, not one parent that's sort of softer on those the standards? Or are you guys aligned on what's appropriate to watch? Yeah, are you the good cop? Oh, you're um, talking about watching. You're not talking about just the watching. I mean, we could have another podcast mm-hmm. on your parenting styles, but right, right, I, right. just in the context of pop culture. Mm-hmm. I th- I think my husband. I mean, my kids are little. I mean, I don't know if it's different for your boys, um, Akiva. Like, I think my sons are the same age as your kids. Like, I think we're pretty aligned on what we think it's okay for our kids to watch. It's just really a matter of like who's more tired and less feeling like enforcing it in in the moment <laughs> that's going to get a different result. Yeah, I, Keep, think I would think yeah. you don't have standards, so I'm surprised they even go to Mara. Um, well, I think because yeah, she's like, well, but there's no reason you don't have standards. I didn't mean that as an insult. No, I no, no I'm like, not insulted. I hear what you're culture. saying. <laughs> right? Well, I definitely know more about the shows. Like, she would have to look up almost any show. She'd be like, you know, it's TV PG or TV fourteen. I'm almost fourteen. Like, Stuff like that. Do you like do you? I mean, but your do your sons like want to watch anything that's inappropriate? For, no. Like I feel like no, my kids not. only want to watch like talking animals or ninjas. Yeah, it's or, not. Like, it's not know? really a question for any of our yeah. our boys, really. See, even at a young age, I knew the rule was always my parents set standards based on what other people would think of us. So like, if people were over our house, it was very clear to me that I could not allow them to watch anything PG-13 if we were not 13. Like, they did not want to be the house. Like, I went to Allie's and I watched some inappropriate movie that they didn't want to call for parents. But the rule was like, no Simpson and and no Beavis and Butthead because it annoyed my mother, (laughs) not because of any like standards. Yeah, every parent hated hated this. You could watch anything, no matter how old you were, if you just sat in the room while my dad watched it. Like you, you couldn't control it. You couldn't be like, Dad, can we put this on? But if you walked in the room and sat down next to him while he was watching something, he would never kick you out or evaluate. Like, wait a minute, this is probably going to keep you up for six months because you're going to be afraid of this. Like he just was like, all right, Right. welcome, welcome to the room. Yeah, like my my parents had like no standards that they enforced really in what we were allowed to watch. But I think the difference is, is like our kids, Allie, like they can watch any cartoon they want at any time. Like they never have to watch right. a grown up show like they don't have, like. So they're right. just like, oh, our kids I'd have always... way more choices. Like there's right. way more kosher choices than than there are. Like back then, let's say you were a kid, the kid shows ended at a certain time. You know, what right. I mean, there were no there's no such thing like there was re- almost no way to watch a kid show at 730 at night. You had to have like the VHS and then the DVD. 
Whereas That's a good now, point. Like I was watching Nick infinite. at Night, which was like Three's Company and all the stuff you guys recap yes. on Redap, like which most people <laughs> my age shouldn't know about. Right. But, alas, I had to watch TV until like one in the morning, so I had to watch that. I used to watch. I mean, this is how uncool I was in eighth grade. I was? would watch. I would watch the, the whole like eight to one in the morning lineup. Uh, Nick at Night, which was Dick Van Dyke, Mary Tyler Moore, I Love Lucy, Welcome Back, Cotter. Uh, it usually started with I Dream of Jeannie and Bewitched. Taxi, yeah. which was probably my I, favorite. I, I, wa- I watched all that. I watched Taxi as a kid, too, Akiva. Mm-hmm. I, watched all, I watched all that stuff. Yeah. Like, I've seen every like every episode of almost every one of those shows. Like, truly, I watched it every single night for, although I would miss the Friday night episode, so I guess I've only seen, like, four and uh-huh. five uh, for just, like, a year or two. Who's here for the Keeve Dr. Mandarabinowitz taxi rewatch taxi. podcast? <laughs> oh, let's do it, Keeve. Yeah, no, I know you, you're already at capacity with your podcast. Honestly, it probably holds up. It's a, it was a really good show. Oh, yeah, it's a good show. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of good shows, Keeve, do you want to give us a digest about this yes. episode? Um, I also want to just say I'm so happy Dr. Amanda's here because for many reasons, but... 90% of things I say to you, Keeve, I say because I'm, like, imagining what Dr. Amanda is <laughs> going to say when she listens. So it's very fun to have her here live. She is your, um, she is your like, prototypical listener. Like, she's the listener you think about in your head. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and in fact, oh. I've said it many times. Like, all right, Dr. Amanda, like, cue Dr. That's Amanda true, in true, the DMs. True. Yeah, that's... no, J- J- Jason t- texted me once. He's like, do you really, like, DM Allie every time she calls you out of the podcast? I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because think... she reacts most um, to, to your, like, parenting mishaps, Keeve. From, oh, really? From a sympathetic place. Well, then why not, why not CC place, me in there? But a sympathetic place. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, why not CC me if it's about... Because you're it's... busy. It's Shabbat. Oh, okay. It's like, uh-huh. who knows what time it is in Israel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know my favorite place to talk about you is behind your back. Yeah, that's true. I don't even know if, I don't even know if anybody can DM both of us anymore, but that's another story. Oh. We'll get <laughs> oh, my God. Ian messaged me and was like, why did Akiva rage quit our, our DMs? No, let's like, not oh, get into it. Happened. Let's not get into it. <laughs> I don't um, want to be complicit in this friendship strife right now. I'm, I'm here. To, I'm here to bring people together. I don't feel any strife. I feel like okay. we're having a good time. Yeah, we're having a good time. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, a good time. He says like there's a gun to his head. No, 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 we are. We are. We are. Um, yeah. So this is uh, a bottle episode. You know, for the first ninety-two percent of it, it is like truly uh, almost a standalone episode that's not furthering any of the plot until the very end. And so basically, wait, can I ask you a clarifying question? Sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt the digest. Yeah. Would you maybe I just fundamentally I don't think I understand what a bottle episode is. I thought a bottle episode was like all in one location, like the parking garage. I think we've had this conversation before. This yeah, is like but the, who cares? This is like the no finale of Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. Is it no so is the issue that like these flashbacks make it not a bottle episode? That's what I'm asking. Like, right. Is is, is is that is it about the location or is it the fact that they're all in the apartment telling a story? Mm. What's significant? Right. Is it okay? You're right. Right. Is it like a bottle episode? Like, is the I'm not park... trying to be like corrective. I'm just. Uh, you're not. No, no. It's a very good question. I'm just like trying to to let's suss this out. So, the parking garage episode of Seinfeld, that is a bottle episode in any way, shape, or form. Right. There. It's not like furthering anything. It's standalone. But also, it's set in. It's it's shot in one set, and and it you know all takes place, you know, right in, in one spot. Is this a bottle episode because it's just like everyone's together and nothing really is happening? 
or is it not a bottle episode because it's n- not uh, like there's a lot of flashbacks and then we're going to other places, but then again, we never leave the apartment building during right. the episode. So I don't know. It's like a it's a I, trick question. I have I gotten know. to Wikipedia and I yeah. don't like Wikipedia's explanation and it might be absolutely correct, but I don't like it. It's neither uh, situations you just posed. What huh. Wikipedia would have us believe is that it's based on it being produced cheaply and restricted in scope to use a few non-regular cast members, use as few non-regular cast members, effects, and sets as possible. Bottle episodes are usually shot on sets built for other episodes. Frequently, the main interior sets for a series consist largely of dialogue and scenes for which no special preparations are needed. So that could be limited to one location. Right. That's sort of what my impression was, that it's like it's like a it's like out of necessity, like because you need a like a low budget episode. You just keep all of your like main you just keep a few principal characters in one room and just like have the all the action happen there. So I think by this definition, neither this episode nor the parking garage, which has a lot of people walking around and a whole other set, although it was mm. probably cheap. So I think it probably still is qualifies as that. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't this has to be like it has a lot of guest stars. Yes. It so has I think, like, are they running of out sets, of money? A lot of like- costuming. Like, is it a show running out of the money at the end of the season? They're like, all right, we're, at, we're over budget. Let's just do, like, there's three episodes left. We got the big wedding coming up. Let's do um, let's do a, a, an episode where we spend $10. But this is not that, because even though, in theory, they are staying in the apartment, there's a million flashbacks, a, d- a million different sets. And like you said, you know, we got Brenda Song. We got mm-hmm. we, we got the Fareens. We got plenty of guest stars. We the have Dylan O'Brien. his last acting appearance ever before Very sad. he died. R.I.P. Oh, Dennis wow. Farina. Moment of silence. Isn't that crazy? That crazy. Is, that's wild. And also, you're Farina. You think you get, you know, like he was written out of the show basically a couple weeks ago. And he's already back. I wonder if he would have come back in flashbacks a lot had he not died. We'll never know. Never know. <laughs> I guess someone that has in all of the reunions they've done of the cast. Can you believe they haven't asked that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> did he did he forgo a lot of uh, opportunities by dying? Yeah, that's, that is a great question. What were your plans for the Frida character in seasons three, four, and five? <laughs> All right, I interrupted the digest. Please continue. Yeah, so um, basically the five characters all tell the stories of the uh, of the time, of their first times. And um, we have a little surprise at the end of the episode thrown in. Very simple episode. Um, really, I don't know what a bottle episode is, but it is. Uh, <laughs> we, we, I do know we have all five, all five core, core five in the present time, in the apartment for virtually the entire episode. And that's a bottle episode in our hearts, darn it. <laughs> Dr. Amanda, Matt Stewart yeah. wants to know, how did the flashback storytelling work for you in this episode as a whole? Um, I, I thought that the flashbacks were really, really fun in this episode. Like, it gave us, like, an opportunity. Like, we see different versions of young Nick. Like, I feel like they did funny things with like all of the characters in flashback they use like music really in a in a way that I found very entertaining um so I thought that the flash I thought the flashbacks work how, how did they how did they land for you guys I really liked this episode um I like last week Akiva I was saying I know what this episode is meaning I know this is the episode they all talk about how they lost their virginity but I forgot what the impetus was for it and I forgot it's like Teddy calls her like there is none I understood why I forgot it now like it's a very thin setup but 
I thought this was a really fun episode. I thought what helped the flashbacks is that you get like part of Jess's story at the beginning and then part at the end. And so there's like mm-hmm. a reason they're all telling their stories, like the con- the race to the bottom of who had the worst story. Um, not knowing what was going on with Jess's the entire time was a good through, through line. Um, I thought it was a lot of laughs and felt like kind of a nice break from what have been pretty intense uh, other episodes and the whole will they won't they with Jess and Nick like this was just kind of a break from everything they've been establishing and I thought it was pretty fun Kiwi plays to you yeah I, I really like this episode I think they should try this a bunch of times a season I, it's also like there's a long season there's 25 episodes we are I believe there's two more se- episodes this season after this and I assume the last one is the wedding so like we have to buy our time we already had the bachelorette party where you know there's not much more to do pre-wedding uh, then we know there's one thing that there's not to do. We learn in this episode, but there's no like, um, there you know, like there's there's nothing left. We're out of money. It's the end of the season. We gotta the same thing here. We're at we're over budget on season two of NGOG. So, uh, <laughs> so Amanda, you, so you're, not getting, pa- you're in, not getting you're not getting paid this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the other thing I should say. So we get this establishing scene in the bathroom. I, it's very funny. Someone told me they were gonna listen to relaunch out of context like he had just watched relaunch and he was like oh maybe i'll check out your podcast and i was like oh let me listen to relaunch that's the great naomi calhoun was on and i listened to like three quarters of it and it's wild to go back and listen um one of the things she complains about is how often the characters hang out in the bathroom and how that's not realistic so very funny to then watch this episode and like the majority of the beginning is them hanging out in the bathroom so sorry to naomi who i don't think is still listening or watching (laughs) Maybe I'll bring her back. Naomi, come back. <laughs> At Naomi. Um, but uh, let's establish for ourselves, remind ourselves where Nick and Jess are in coming into this episode because the bachelorette party really wasn't about them. Matt Stewart says, at what point was it decisive that Jess and Nick didn't work out, which is what Schmidt like reprimands him with to move on? So like, how did that episode start? Well, that episode ended you mean how did it end how did it end i guess yeah so that episode ends where nick and jess both had to write for the fancy man like what they think it is and they didn't tell each other and then jess calls it but then nick grabs her boob anyway Mm -hmm. and there's like this weirdness Allie from the editing room Uh, i did edit myself to sound better in this episode but now i'm in from the editing room to snitch um, I threw out a um, impossible theory that maybe uh, this episode was supposed to be before the Bachelorette Party episode, um, and where I edit myself out to look good, I will always edit in our guest host to look good. Here's Dr. Amanda uh, issuing me a correction from the recording room. And I'm I'm sorry because I like haven't seen the rest of season two in a while. But when did we first meet Elizabeth Schmidt's ex? I thought it was just in the last episode, was it not? No, it was. Great point. So then this had to intend. So that just takes all of the wind out of my sails. Yeah. Great point. That's it. I'm here every week. Doctor <laughs> watches one episode and is like, "You're an idiot." So I don't know why they. Whatever. Who cares? Great point. Whatever. I still think it's too. I think. Long it, I think it's. A, I think it's a good point. Yeah. I. I think everything you made said made sense, Sally. Um, well, it definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> but it never does. That's not what people aren't here for me to make sense. 
<laughs> All right, whatevs. Teddy's in town. Uh, and they enter into a story off. Let's do something crazy. Let's go out of order and let's start Ooh. at the end. Mm. And I'm going to ask you that producer Kelly and Matt Stewart both wanted to know whose story was the worst? Who actually won slash lost this contest? Is is the judging most embarrassing? Are we judging it's by most embarrassed? Worst, worst all right. story. Well, that's all encompassing. Worst. Amanda, what, who, what do you think? I mean, I. I mean, Jess's story is crazy, but it obviously like ends in a really great way. I think I think Winston's story is the worst. Like, well, it's like in what retrospect, would, is like it, when he what would what would you least want your story to be? Because that changes the answer. Like, what would you least mm. want to have, like, as a repressed memory? How, does that change the answer for you? Like, is, is does Winston go to a more desirable story? Yeah, because the Jess thing is like a lifetime embarrassment, right? Whereas, the, whereas like, it's a funnier story to tell, but it's like, to have actually have happened to you, it's like, oh, you wanted to die when it happened. Whereas Winston's embarrassing, but nobody saw it. Like, it, you know, ultimately, like, fewer people were harmed in the making of that incident. I think the difference is, and I agree with you both, is that Winston's is more embarrassing because it's sort of like a betrayal of like who he actually slept with in his mind, and he's learning that later. He it's has like not to like as meaningful. Go back and re-experience like his entire sexual history in a new context, like getting this information. And Jess's like actual sexual experience, amazing. Like as Dr. Amanda was saying, like it ends well. But it's going through the absolute public humiliation. That's the worst part of it. So I feel like Winston has the worst sex story, but Jess has the worst, like, embarrassing story in the beginning, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, of who was most humiliated. It involves murder. She could have just said, and, and this is, like, what Schmidt yells at her for, like, her story of how she lost her virginity is a firefighter rescued her and then slept with right. her afterwards, which feels unethical, but that's not my business. <laughs> is that is there like a code, a firefighter's code, like you're not allowed to date anybody you rescue? It, like, can you drive someone in the truck? Home <laughs> probably to, not. To, yeah. to I feel like you've you're got probably to, not even allowed to like. Yeah, you have to clock out. I think you'd have to clock out. <laughs> but any firefighters listening, please let us know. Yes, I'm sure there's many. All right, Kiwi, can you set up Jess's story for us? Uh, yeah, so Jess has a two-part story, right? She te- she goes first, and she tells the story about how she was at prom, and they were on the um, – what committee is it called? Like the Gender Respect – Gender Equality. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the Gender Equality Society, founding equality, and sole yeah. members. Yeah. Oregon sucks. I love that from Winston. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah, Winston is, like, adding color commentary to a lot of the um, – the story is like saying a oh, white people when he's talking about being a big Dave Matthews fan. Right, right. Um, he should have been like Jews. Someone said <laughs> recently we were talking. No, because someone said recently we were talking about Dave Matthews, and someone's like, I think it's like just for Jewish kids from the Northeast. Because I thought, like, when I was growing up, I thought Dave Matthews was the most popular band, and apparently it's yeah. not. Yeah, are you a big are you a big Dave no, Matthews guy? No, Keeb? I no. I just assumed like like every every class in the United <laughs> this States. This is blowing like, my mind. Is that? But I think that's just because you only knew Jewish kids from the Northeast, like. All the Dave Matthews band, band, Dave Matthews band fans that I knew in high school were like Gentile boys. Yeah, I think it. I think it's boys from the Northeast mostly was the Dave Matthews band. It does. Dr. Amanda settle it. It skew. It does skew Jewish 
to me. Like, I feel like 100% of the Jewish boys that I knew in high school were huge Dave Matthews fans. Mm -hmm. But, like, it, it had broader appeal. And I didn't realize it stopped. Like, there's certain bands that people like that were popular primarily when we were kids and and we being me and dr amanda mm-hmm. uh you know wouldn't ali is um dr and amanda and i are peers in age <laughs> we're all well, we're all peers that's here. true that's yeah, true Eva. i'm a little closer <laughs> th- in age to to uh ar but i think mm-hmm. the I, I think the um yeah but then uh dave didn't didn't stick anyway back to uh back to jess so that doesn't go well and then five years later, she's in L.A., and um, she and some guy. Are we? Is there anything about this about the guy? We don't. The, it's well, just a random. First, well, you question. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you go ahead. I want to hear your questions. I but have some questions. I want to take it back to prom. Yeah, I want to take it back to the prom for a moment. Okay, fine. Uh, Producer Kelly says, "Do you remember your prom themes, Doctor Amanda? Do you remember your high school prom themes?" Oh God, I mean, if we had themes, I definitely do not remember them. I don't. Do you? Do you guys remember prom themes? I remember my prom song, and I I was on the prom committee because I was on student council, oh. and it was just the four. It wasn't even a committee. I I said that because I'm influenced by pop culture. It was four of us <laughs> who were student council just had to plan the prom. And it was something like Hollywood, Night Under the Star, like yeah, some generic I'm sh- ass theme. I'm sure we had that. Then I didn't even, I didn't even register to me. Do you want to hear some stupid stuff? It's not stupid. It's just like <laughs> r- ridiculous. So the the big the big thing was voting on a prom song, um, and juicy won our prom song but the administration said that that couldn't be the prom song it could play just before the prom the prom song was always played last in the night so you can't play it last it can't be the official sanctioned song it could be the second to last song you know what won you know the prom song people in high school love making rules think about that do you know what won the prom song give us a year what's the year it's an old song it's it wasn't a current song Ah, okay and this was determined to be the appropriate song that could be played as our official sanctioned prom song. Is it by R. Kelly? Ooh, it, it is. It's World's Greatest by R. Kelly. Oh, what a good guess. <laughs> How did you know? I don't oh know, but God. you said it in a way that it's like, you, oh, it's going to ultimately it be something Kelly. worse. It wow. had to be like, who's canceled? And I went to R. Kelly. Sorry to, to step on the guessing, Dr. Amanda. No, when you no. said R. Kelly, I had to just learn no, it No, I'm glad. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> Uh, pro- did you did did you have a prom theme, Akiva? Did we didn't have, have a prom. Any? There's yeah. no prom. No prom. We have no. Prom. We're promless. <laughs> You're still promless. Okay. Well, here's another question then, and maybe only Doctor Matt and I can weigh in because Keith was promless, famously promless. That should be mm-hmm. your Twitter bio. Promless. Famously promless. <laughs> famously promless. Um, they get a hotel room after prom, and not like. CC at like a big group like it's yeah. seemingly just um Jess and her date yeah and her date who is Johnny Pemberton from the aforementioned superstore uh get in a hotel room producer Kelly says is the trope of high school prom night a real b ever depicted interestingly in film or tv leading question from producer Kelly <laughs> um I don't think like so uh you know, not to flex here, but I went to three proms um, and I don't think that we ever like did like a hotel thing, but people definitely like had these big after parties. And I feel like it was less like the sex night than it was the drug night. 
at the pro at the Whoa. After can party. I can we follow up with some questions? So you said three. Was this yes. like junior dating a senior? Uh, senior and like the neighboring town. Were you like the most popular person in the county, no, and you went I, to three in one no, year? No, I went. I went to a very small school, and then when I was a sophomore, I went with a senior, and then we had a junior prom, and we had a senior prom. Ah, so okay, that's fine. How, that's how. I, that's how I racked up. And Al, you were at one. Numbers. I am sitting on a lot of proms myself. Ooh, wow! <laughs> because who wouldn't want to take me to prom? We're right. a blast. Me and Doctor Amanda. I would take a Doctor Amanda to prom all day if I couldn't take myself. Would you go now if we have like an eighteen-year-old listener? No. Did you go to prom? Okay. <laughs> I went to um, junior and senior prom as a sophomore, junior and senior prom as a junior, and then my own senior prom as wow. a senior. At least you wow. didn't go to junior when you were a senior. You know, the it's worst too- story, yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but I just have to confess this. The worst thing I ever did was I was dating a senior when I was a junior, and I didn't bring him to my prom, but went to his. You and brought somebody, just, you brought somebody else to your prom. Yeah, I told him it like wouldn't be cool or fun yeah. to bring someone in a different grade. I <laughs> wanted to go with my friend instead, who was a junior. And to make sure that that guy asked me, I like made it very clear to him that I wasn't going with my boyfriend. I was like, I just want to let you know, like I'm not bringing my boyfriend to prom. Tough night, tough night. And he was like, oh, okay, friend. great. And then I was, yeah. <laughs> it's that's. Horrible. Like I yeah. actually still I, I, feel bad about yeah. that. Yeah, you you having both of those conversations with those poor boys. <laughs> I was a menace to. If you think I'm bad now, when I was in high school, I felt like I was at the height of my menace power, and I needed to be swatted down. So it came I, later, but just not then. Ali, were each of those proms a separate dress? Yes. Wow. Wow. Tragically for my mother. Tra- tragically, tragically for Billy Lash, who was working overtime, probably picking up a second job. <laughs> you should see my mom works. You that's should true, see the dresses. I wore a zebra, a mixed oh, animal print dress that was primarily zebra to my senior prom. You have to post these. You have to post these on Twitter. Can you post all five as like, a, yeah. as like a <laughs> montage? A story I... in five parts. I wore very normal dresses my sophomore year. Then my junior year, I wore a mixed animal print blue dress to mine and a dress that was designed for a six foot three model. And I wore it as a five three non model. So that's tragic. And then I wore a zebra dress to my senior. And Dr. Amanda, don't tell me like you came with the high fashion to your three proms. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I feel I feel like pretty <laughs> comfortable with my prom. Dr- wow. I can I can try I can try to dig up I can try to dig up some pictures. I don't know what's my like mo. I had like I don't know, I did a, like a bunch of like you know like the strapless like I'm a princess dress like I had a red one of those. I had I, I don't know I actually I, I I rescued one of my prom dresses from my my mom's uh, house when she recently sold it i can see uh we can trade pictures Allie. what i would love is for you to put on that rescued dress and take a current (laughs) photo in the old dress do you have do you have any of your prom dresses still available to you i i feel like my mom asked me permission to donate them and i was like certainly you can donate them (laughs) like there's no reason for us to hold on to them at all so i don't know that she even still has them Mm -hmm. it's it's a little sad that amanda only missed jcr's prom by like two years or (laughs) (laughs) let's wrap up the podcast now because that's the line of the night
Would you? I, I mean, I have nothing to say. There's no prom in Israel, is there? Like your daughter, like Ella's I, not getting. That's a good question. Prom. No, well, she is not. Um, but I, I wonder if the concept exists. I bet it does. I bet there's some sort of. I'd have. I think Adira would probably know better, but she's asleep. That's a good question. You think that your daughter, who's in high school, doesn't know if there is prom? Like that's so I don't ridiculous that <laughs> you think that she wouldn't even be aware I, she that would the like, concept exists. I I, w- I I feel like I would. I don't. I don't think either of them would know for sure. She goes to a school that it's an all-girls school, and they definitely wouldn't have it. And I don't think, like, in her circle, she would be aware of it. Allie from the editing room um, did a little research. According to Forward.com in 2016, it seems like there are proms have started to emerge in Israel in response to being exposed to seeing proms on American television and movies. Um, but they're private events, so it's like a big graduation party as opposed to like a school-sponsored event. Um, and isn't it just adorable what Akiva thinks his kids don't know? Back to the show. I just want to um, be clear: all girls' schools in in the U.S. do still have prom. I understand, I but I know there's but I'm just don't. Saying that it's like we more, get but added. it's a religious. <laughs> even religious girls' schools have prom. Like a Catholic I mean, girls' school has prom. I think, yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't know. I know nothing about. I, I know nothing about prom. I didn't go to eight. I mean, I, I'm here with eight proms, between the two of you. I mean, <laughs> I'm sending a picture right now, and I went Ooh. with a blonde German man. Oh wow! I mean, German American. I feel like it mat- It matters. Well, you're okay. gonna see this very non-Jewish boy in the photo that I'm gonna send you. <laughs> I'm very. So I excited. won't send it to Akiva because even back then, I feel like he would have a problem. <laughs> All right, I'll cut. I'll cut this out of us waiting because I know it's not interesting. But I'm just gonna. There's the back, and there's, you could just, it really reads pretty zebra. Oh, I sent it to the oh. one with the key in it, too. No, I think this, this is nice, Allie. This is a it lot. It is a zebra yeah. gown, and you're no. saying you think it's no, nice? You, I, I, I grew up in New Jersey, Allie. I, this is, I, I can hang with this kind of thing. This is, you look, you look adorable. My How about that guy's mother. hair? <laughs> I mean, that was, like, the thing. That was, like, skater boy hair. Mm-hmm. What do you think that guy's up to now? Uh, do you know? Look at yeah, let's, let's a, look him up. He's a lawyer. No, he's a lawyer. Like I think mm-hmm. we are friends on LinkedIn. Are we friends? Is it friends on LinkedIn? Is that what they say? Or whatever. My, my junior prom date is like a is like a famous like sneaker designer now for like wow. legitimate brands. Wow. Uh, all right. And, and in the uh, in the Patreon feed, Allie will rank the five <laughs> five guys by how successful they are. <laughs> I don't think any of them really. Are. Well, I don't really know what. I actually don't know what anybody else is up. Do you to. think they all would brag about you? Like, hey, my uh, junior junior prom date. She's I would venture to guess lawyer. that not a single one of these men has thought about me in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. And that's not like a uh, diss to me. Unless zebras like... come up. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the zoo with their kids. Do you think there's a world where, yeah, where like someone else in one of these photos is sending it to people? And then they're like, who's that freak in the zebra dress? And they're like, ah, her name's not coming to mind. Mm-hmm. It's just such a terrifying thought that, like, a memory of you could exist in somebody else's brain. I mean, did you? So wait, and this is my last question I'll ask about all of this. When you say you could dig up a picture, so that's interesting. You guys don't have, uh, like, I have Facebook albums of every prom that I can yeah, go to yeah. in like two seconds. It's a weird oh. thing about being old. Like I, I had, a, I had a good friend. <laughs> like I, I had a good friend uh, text me uh, two pictures from 
our high school, and then one picture of like him, uh, like I think my sister falling asleep on me, and like the fact that he happened to save them. Like I have no, I have a lot of memories from high school, but I, there are maybe outside of my yearbook, there are maybe like ten pictures from right. my like high school years total. It is crazy. Like it is. I think that is one way. Like a hundred years from now, if the world's still somewhat similar, the, the d- divvying line will almost be someone not Allie, but maybe someone like two, three years younger. Like their whole life has basically been documented online. Certainly, anybody who's like twenty-two, right? Who's on social media. Whereas our like, I had like, you know, blogs when I was you know uh, a kid, and a website that like made fun of things about camp, and like all these things are lost to history and like AOL emails for you know the first zillion yeah. years of my internet life like all that stuff is gone and there's no pictures of my childhood basically other than you know family stuff where there's yeah my mom has, like, there, I mean there's probably there's probably more pictures somewhere that you just like no they exist yeah, but I will yeah. like never see them you'll never see yeah like when my mom moved and I was looking through boxes I was like oh this is a picture of me that I've never seen before like which is which is wild because they only exist as printed photographs I am just spamming you guys with photos oh, yeah. of myself. <laughs> um, all right. Back oh, to the gosh. show. <laughs> I'm trying to get other people's like jersey dresses yeah. in the photo when so I'm this, sending them. I had some, I, the color of this purple dress, Allie, where you're wearing. I love how you're always wearing a print. Everybody else is so basic, Allie, and you always have a print. Well, but then, me. no, I get these. I get more normal. I got I got a little reckless in, okay. towards the end. <laughs> As you can see, my dress has become more normal. Uh-huh. uh-huh. By the five photos well, I have you, now submitted. When you have, when you have five proms, you've got to get creative, right? You can't just do the same If you thing. don't send me three prom photos I will and find... one current day photo. <laughs> the... I will. I might not send them to the chat with Akiva, though. I might send the private. Well, was, the... Were they risque? Do you not <laughs> no, want to no, see no. <laughs> We're all friends here. Um, um, none of these women, none of these girls made their own dresses like like Jess did great segue back no and I don't believe any of them were sewn into them either and would have needed knives to to cut them so is the prom night so you said see that's weird I went went in high school so I'll just edit all of that out till right now to respond to your drugs thing versus alcohol (laughs) that's so interesting you say that Amanda because um I agree that the prom night was not like hubba hubba but being from Jersey we all like prom night totally sober no one snuck in alcohol no one to my knowledge snuck in drugs but i was pretty square um and remain that way and um but then we all went to seaside for prom weekend yeah yes which was plenty debaucherous but like we all prom was like the clean night so that you could like wake up early and head down the shore oh yeah yeah it was like let's get prom like this let's get prom over with and then let's go to somebody's beach house was basically I, I got I had Snooki and Wow on the podcast <laughs> we stayed at the Glendale motel all of us like you rented out basically the entire thing with your senior class and everyone came back ill, obviously, and we all called it the Glendale. Everyone's like, oh, you got the Glendale? <laughs> it's like, yeah, we got the Glendale. <laughs> I can't believe my mom went. What? The- <laughs> Allie from the editing room. It's going to become clear, but I have to interrupt. My mom did not come to prom weekend. I, I cut myself off saying I can't believe my mom went for it. Okay, back to the show. What happened was, so this is my question in terms of how realistic it is from Kelly, like, 
I can't believe like Jess's parents who like got mad at Cece for like driving the car would let her stay in a hotel room with a boy but my brother is four years older than me and when he was like making arrangements for prom weekend down the shore I had the good sense in eighth grade to say to my mom this is why it makes me laugh that you think like a deer and Ella don't know what prom is if prom's going on in eighth grade I said if you're letting Robert go that means four years from now like I'm gonna be allowed to go no questions asked my mom was like yeah sure whatever then four years later, I was like, boom, binding contract, lady. And so she couldn't say anything. And that's why you became a lawyer. Yeah, that was actually the subject of my law school essay. <laughs> <laughs> but it has to be a parent's nightmare, right? Can you imagine now your kids in, like, whatever, 10 years, however long it'll be, going to the Jersey Shore on prom no, weekend? No, I a- could never. It's insane. It's it's insane. Like I don't I don't like I don't know how my parents let me get away with the things that they let us get away. I mean, I guess they had just given up at some point. I must <laughs> assume. I asked my mom this once, and I was like, I would camp counselor and like the swim, and you watch the video on kids drowning and whatever. I'm just like, I don't understand how any parent lets their kid in the pool in the ocean like do anything. And my mom was like, Yeah, well, like all your friends do it with their kids and like you don't want your kid to be weird so you like let them do it <laughs> I was right. like, okay so just peer pressuring through parenting is my mom's <laughs> philosophy i think a lot of it is like you wouldn't let your kids do anything but it's like a, every everything about parenting is like don't worry i gotta be on the test everyone else gotta see and everyone else is going <laughs> right. so you have to let me go a, lo- a lot of it that is just peer pressure all right i'm learning a lot here people <laughs> um but all right, so she ditches uh, the Gender Equality Society guy. Guy with a guitar played famously by Dylan O'Brien from Teen Wolf comes and That's they have Dylan, a little... That's not Dylan O'Brien's biggest credit. Do you know what it is? Mm, I don't. I was on his IMDb and I don't know. It, would, it wouldn't even be there. He's like a die, die hard Met fan. It's like, I think that's his Twitter bio. <laughs> Reddit or his fun fact? He, it's his, his Twitter bio is hugely suffering Mets fan. He has like six million ah. followers, but he's, uh, he's a big Mets guy. Bigger than you? Uh, I don't know. I, here's the thing. A lot of like celebrity sports fans are like bogus, but I feel like he is, uh, yeah, like I'm clicking on his followers and it's all like, you know, Mets beat writers and, and like, you know, people he follows. So I he's think he's the real deal. I don't think he's bigger than me, but I think he's like bigger than he's like a hundredth percentile celebrity uh, Mets fan. Who's a bigger Mets fan, you or Rob? It's a good question. Uh, I think I'm a bigger Jets fan than Rob, and he's a bigger Mets fan than me. Like, I feel like the Jets are in my blood. Like, my, you know, my family had season tickets since, you know, decades before I was born. Uh, and for him, his dad was a big Mets fan. So I think probably. I'm Jets, he's Mets more. Hmm. All right. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you just made a new Yosef uh, sound. Well, 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 well. All right. <laughs> Dr. Amanda, Kelly MN says, does anybody believe that Jessica wouldn't know, I like Jessica, wouldn't know that the word prom was short, what the word prom was short for, even at that young age? <laughs> uh, I think that she's like frazzled by a cute guy with a guitar, right? Like maybe she know maybe she knows, but she's just like stupid in the moment. Yeah, I could see that for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, Kiwi, now a question to you. Don't be mm-hmm. stupid in the moment here. Okay. Producer Kelly and Matt Stewart want to know how a tux is different from a suit. I think it's it's the third piece that makes a tux, right? Because like my I was thinking my son was my son like 
since uh, some family weddings and bat mitzvahs, like likes to get dressed up in a suit, and he's wearing like the tuck <laughs> no. suit, but he's not wearing the vest. I think the vest is what makes it a tux. No, I because tuxedo you, you, does not require a vest. Y- no? And you can have a and you can have a three piece suit with a vest. As have well. you ever seen Steve Harvey <laughs> host Family Feud? True, Neither true, true. necessary nor sufficient. So then I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I'm, I'm not the right guy for this. I've only wore a suit like Dr. Manda, twice. do you know? I'm not trying years. to trap you. I'm just suggesting that you might know. Is it? Does it have to do with like the material that it's made out of at all? Ding, ka-ching, ka-ching. Ooh. The primary physical difference between a tuxedo and a suit is the presence of satin. Right. Satin facing on the lapels. Buttons, pocket trim, and satin side striped down the leg of the trousers. Now, Kivi, I didn't know this until I Googled it. Dr. Amanda really wins here. Anyway, um, not a bad guess, Kiev, though. Because I feel, I feel like, like you- for proms, they either usually have, like, the matching cummerbund and bow tie right. or vest. I feel like the word cummerbund used to be used a lot more than it is now. I had to wear a cummerbund for band recitals. <laughs> it was horrible. A red bow tie and a red cummerbund. Oh. Kiev, do you know which way the... The folds of the cupboard bun no. have to go up or down? No, that's like asking me. No, of course not. Of course the not. folds go up because you ca- and you remember it by saying you're catching crumbs. You're catching crumbs. <laughs> Can I blow people's mind here? Are you bored? Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. Do you know how to spell uh, cummerbund? Well, I, I have it on the web, so ask Dr. Man. Dr. Man, do you know how to spell it? Is it? C-U-M-B-E-R-B-U-N-D. Your mind's about to be blown. It's going to change your whole <laughs> life philosophy. It's it's cummerbund. It's C-U-M-M-E-R-B-U-N-D. Really? There's only one B in cummerbund. <laughs> you, uh, you, you really, you really did. Changes really everything. Did change, change everything. Wow. Keeve, can you change your Twitter bio to there's only one B in Cumberbun? Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> All right, 50 minutes in, barely through just the story, but we're having a blast. Or I am. I, I, <laughs> I feel, I feel like, I, no, I feel like, I feel like it's my fault. Like I'm, like I'm slowing you down. No, you've brought us back in many okay. times. <laughs> like many times. Okay. All right, let's get out of Jess's hole here. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> that was a weird way to put it for this episode. Uh, Cece's story, over in the blink of an eye, Dr. Amanda. Yes, yes. Um, we have, like, young young Cece with a bob. That's how we indicate that she's young Cece. Um, and she, she lost her virginity to Mick Jagger. Yeah, not much to say on not this much. one. I was going to say when you said which is the w- the worst story, it's like the way it's told, I feel like it's Winston, but like real talk, it's actually Cece's story. I feel like this is horrible. It's sort of dark, um, but I, what, I think what saves it is that they're like, that story is awesome. It's not bad. And she's like, I know. I just love telling right, it. Like the right, way that right, she's right. happy about it now kind of gets us through what but could this be is a crisis. Like, this is like, like 17-year-old Cece and like, 77-year-old <laughs> that might, that might not That might not have been the actual age difference, but it seemed kind of dark. Kiva, Kiva, that's weird. When you, if you, you can say Kiva or you could say Akiva. You really can't say Kiva. Um, is Mick Jagger the biggest guest star? Uh, is he the most famous guest? I mean, obviously, girl? it's funny because someone else is credited as, like, Mick Jagger's voice. 
Yeah. <laughs> like there is a, somebody credited for this. I mm -hmm. it I, I like the I uh, I I wonder if they like Google like or who's least likely to sue us of like A plus list old school celebrities and just went with Mick Jagger. Because it is funny that they're like just making up. Like what's imagine the what's the what's the claim? Not no, there's no claim, but it's just like <laughs> it's just funny that they're like making up this story. Yeah, I don't think that, I mean, I mean I'm no expert. Did they nail the person? Like would there have been a funnier or better person or do you think they had? I think I think this is good. I don't know if I think that be. this is I think that this was the right the right reference here. Um if it was the actual Mick Jagger is that more or less famous than Justin Long? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Then we, we could have a Prince Mick Jagger conversation. Oh. That's right. That's right. Actual guest. Um, I, I would. I would go. I would go with Prince. When is Prince coming? What season is Prince coming? <laughs> Don't worry about it. what. What season do you think Prince is coming? I want to say season four. Okay, we'll find three out. three or four. I think. Well, you know it's not two, so that's good. Princess actually walks Cece down the aisle at her wedding in the season finale. <laughs> Uh, you know what would have been very funny is if, like, they used Prince instead of Mick Jagger, and then he writes in, like, actually, I want to be on the show. <laughs> and that's like, uh, what, what storyline would that be? Like, Prince comes back for Cece after <laughs> taking her virginity at a, a hotel bar on prom night? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm blown away that, that Prince is in the show. It is very funny, because there really aren't a lot of, like, big celebrities, like we, like we said. So. No, they're it's so... There are so many guest stars that we've already encountered. I know, but Rob nobody Reiner, like playing themselves. We're in. Jamie I'm Lee saying Reiner. we're in L.A. and like nobody's playing themselves. Mm. That's all I'm saying. That's interesting. I'm trying to think if there's and Dr. Amanda, help me out if you can remember oh. you too. If there's any other one people that play themselves. Play themselves. I'm thinking. My gut is no, or at least it's not I... super memorable. Um, oh, is there, is there, like, another musical one, Allie? Not that plays themselves. Okay, okay, right, right, right. If we're thinking of the same. Isn't I this think... fun for you, Akiva, that we're going to think <laughs> talk cryptically about? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> let's, let's, keep, let's keep the plot going. So sure. uh, uh, we did Jess. Who else? Who else let's do we do want to? Schmidt. Schmidt, okay. We did Cece over in a flash. Talk, let's talk about Schmidt with his pickle jar of lube. Now, I kept thinking to myself <laughs> with this, like, isn't this great because it's like fat Schmidt. This isn't like about Schmidt being fat. Although Schmidt keeps making comments like I couldn't, I didn't even know a guy could be on top until whatever. Right. Like, I, but his actual like embarrassment of the story is not like, he was body shamed or he was nervous in that way. Like we have a very confident Schmidt bounding up into a uh, bunk bed with someone who's really into him. So in that way, I thought he, not bad. That's nice. But I think part of his story <laughs> is that like, it's that's, that's that. No, I think part of his story is always that he's like very insecure because of his body issues. And that's like one of the reasons he like overdoes it in the lube area. Sure. <laughs> I like, but I you could take that as like inexperienced, also. Sure. And he's asking Nick, who like has also not had experience. I love the questions. Like, is it a small amount everywhere or a large amount <laughs> in a small area? <laughs> Nick's just like, Meh. he gives a Yosef. Mm. 
Keeve? Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. So Fat Schmidt is not really playing Fat Schmidt so much in this episode. I, I wonder if this is like, hey, what's a good way to get Elizabeth back in or how, how sort of the uh, etymology or like the timeline worked with with uh, or like incorporating Elizabeth into this or, or what came first. But I I like that they do this here. It, that is a funny scene. Like you said, a lot of a lot of physical slapstick comedy in that scene. Um is Schmidt, it, the whole, like, dynamics of the fat suit, we see more of it in this episode than we've seen during the course of the series, seems very complicated. Like, he seems, like, to be really stuffed in there, very uncomfortable. He <laughs> oh, seems to be, yeah. like He seems to be, like, five foot three in that suit. Like, it doesn't really make any sense. I'm sure it's hard to act in that suit, right? Like, that's that's got to be challenging. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would not want to. I actually was watching Cutthroat Kitchen recently, and one of the, like, sabotages was that you had to wear like a fat suit in the kitchen which really seems like a nightmare but uh to do all this physical stuff in a fat suit i guess i was gonna say my heart goes out to him but it doesn't go out he got paid for it you know just like i acknowledge it seems difficult right right um boys to men i'll make love to you is playing in this in this scene um which i thought was very apt in, in the earlier prom scene with jess lisa Loeb. Day was playing, which I also enjoyed. I thought they really like nailed it between that and uh, Nick tr- trying to make it to the Dave Matthews band. I-, I got a kick out of all the musical references. Allie's principal said the boys, the boys to men song could be played, but not last at the at the. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Also, I have to highlight the synergy again. I feel like a while ago, the challenge was really synced up with NGOG. Uh, this week on the challenge, we had someone hook up in a top bunk, and and the a guy said that she was like an octopus, and we talked ah. a lot about the dynamics of a, an upper bunk situation, and then boom, here we come. This episode with Schmidt and Elizabeth on the top bunk, just highlighting how my world is a circle and time mm-hmm. has no meaning. The work of a greater power. You know, a coll- yeah. you know, a college is great if there's if there's like a, a you know a big time top bunk situation. I didn't have bunk beds. In of my course dorm. not. Of course not. Oh, I had bunk beds my freshman year, definitely. I think colleges realize like we can charge sixty-seven thousand dollars a year if we just get rid of the bunk beds. Like <laughs> kids are going to show up the first day, and their mom, you know, their parents are paying sixty-seven, or like, or they're you know paying two hundred sixty-seven just a few years after they graduate in loans and it's like uh yeah we just can't have bunk beds that's you know that's the really i don't feel like bunk beds would have been a deterrent sometimes it'll go viral like some school will over some like big 10 or midwest school will over accept like by like 400 kids because a lot of the big 10 schools are like enormous and then they'll have to like build like an emergency dorm in three weeks and then it'll always go viral that it's like you know like a disaster or something like that so well one school had to put them up in uh in a hotel. Yeah. Yeah, like I've seen, like I've, hotel. yeah, I've seen that happen a few places where they have to put kids up in hotels, which I'm sure is like actually the sweetest deal. I'm sure that the hotel rooms are much, much better than the dorms. Now, do you think that the old uh, someone accidentally ordered a pornography movie into the dorm <laughs> hotel room and you're going to see an error on your bill, mom and dad or yourself, as Akiva said, in a few years, uh, does that fly at college? Oh, in the hotel. I, mean, I think they took yeah. out the mini bars in the cave. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Winston and Nick's combined story here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the Frig is back, as you said. Uh, they're out on the town, and by out on the town, I mean in a hotel room watching Titanic, which honestly seems like a dream. <laughs> and uh, Nick's dad gets, uh, as, as is tradition in their family, hires two prostitutes to come entertain Business the women. Men. Mm-hmm. Business women. Prefer- I like how he calls them pros later. Don't tell him that she was a pro. Yeah, I think that's what they're called by like people who are into that sort of thing. I think that that is like the most common name for them. Oh, right. just pros. I, th- I mean, I I think so. Not really my area of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Lamorne's reaction as young Winston to the two women entering is one of the funniest parts of the episode. I audibly laughed when he's like looking at them and like trying to like hit on them with his facial expression. It looks like a sixteen-year-old, right. a man at acting sixteen. I love that. He's like, we we work in the finance markets. Like, or like we're businessmen. <laughs> What's wrong with your friend? Well, he's a virgin, aren't you? Just my penis. <laughs> <laughs> he's very funny in this scene. It's so, it's like he finally got a little bit to do. It was very, very funny. Nick, though, I don't love a young Nick. I'm sorry. It's the only Nick I don't like. Yeah, I agree. He's first of all like Nick in college is in college in 1980, which makes no sense. Like he looks like he's about to be in that Richard Linklater movie. Like he's filming later that he day. He does. Yeah, and, yeah. And then yeah, I agree. And then 16-year-old Nick is somehow more annoying. I agree. He's like I mean, kind they, of greasy. Yeah, they had to distinguish between high school Nick and college Nick here, so they give him like the braces. They make him very greasy like i i thought he i thought he was sweet like i found him very sweet in this scene like the no 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 under his breath um i mean obviously he's like he's he's gross he's like a 33 year old man (laughs) trying to look like a 16 year old um but i and, and then this is of course like where his life takes that dark turn towards the drink as well yeah, and it's like a crazy thing because it develops into his sort of alcoholism, but a right. very sweet moment between Nick and his dad for the last scene for the Frigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I just want to make sure you don't miss out on the things when you're not thinking, which becomes a theme both between Jess's story and what eventually happens between uh, Nick and Jess. So I feel like they made like kind of a weird moment between a dad and a son. Nice for what Nick and his father's relationship is. What a beautiful end to uh, Farina's story on this show. <laughs> and then and then they like very much underline that by like, don't tell Winston until I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell him when you're dead. It's time you knew. <laughs> and why am I calling him the Farigs? Like it's like Farino. <laughs> Did you say that, Akiva? I think I called him Farines. I don't know. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Everyone just let me do that. It's fine. Let me live my life. <laughs> All right, so Jess re- resumes her story. Um, we did discuss it, but we see Winston Schmidt and Nick in the bar overlapping with a young Cece and Jess. Matt Stewart says, was Akiva shocked by the overlap in stories, or did you see it coming? How could you see that coming? No, I, I did not see it coming. Great job by the writers, though. Very cute, right? Was it too cute? No, I think it's fine. I, didn't be, I wasn't like groaning, being like, oh, come on, guys. They don't do that a lot, so it's fine. No, I did like it. I did. Do you think they'll do it a lot? (laughs) I mean, I don't don't know how many. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think there's opportunities to do it again. Yeah. Um, but in a crazy turn of events, she ends up on top of the biggest Mets fan besides Akiva, (laughs) um, in a children's park. He says he might be gay, and 
Teddy the fireman comes to the rescue. Here's what I like about the casting of Teddy Sherman. He's a good-looking guy. He's not, like, unattainably hot. Like, if he was some, like, ripped, crazy firefighter, I would have a problem with the yeah. story. But the fact that he's, right. like, kind of a dorky firefighter, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, he is, like, a seven, but he's a firefighter, too, almost. <laughs> but I feel like the firefighter is, like, a, like an it's like a it's like a automatic boost right like i feel yes. like whatever you are in like normal life like if you're a firefighter you add like three points to that interesting but then, then you were subtracting five from like the weighted score because he's less hot than the other firefighters <laughs> sure. is what it's we're a very it's a very complicated interesting in- interesting <laughs> so it's like the all-star team but you're like the worst guy in the all-star team <laughs> it's like how does that work okay I got you're it. the 90th guest at a 90 person wedding yeah <laughs> Um, but right, it's but so, it's a super oh, wedding. It's the best wedding. <laughs> Nick tells a very cute story about Allison Daniels. Uh, you know, he cried. She kept her bra on. It was nice. And then with a great music cue, goes after her, stops her in the elevator. Fireman carries her into the bedroom. And then they, in sync with everyone except for Cece and Sharang, uh, get busy. Mm-hmm. I thought that um, I thought that he was going to run down the stairs, which happens in a lot of shows. You're faster than the elevator. I didn't realize he would like run out and stop the elevator. Did you see this coming? Uh, yes, I did. I thought I thought I I didn't know if we were going to leave the uh, storyline by the end of the episode, but once I realized we did, I knew it was happening. Yeah. I liked that this occurred at the end of this episode where it really wasn't about them. Like, yes, you see Nick going, like, increasingly jealous, but I think the way that Jess and Nick dynamic has been, it wouldn't be out of character for the show for Nick to make all of these, like, one-handed, like, off-handed, backhanded, whatever, remarks, and then do nothing about it. So I, like, obviously I knew it was coming, but I, I kind of liked that it was less it was a less expected approach despite that you expected it right but (laughs) and now we're done with the will they won't they which is what we wanted or what i wanted at least are we done with the will they won't they that's sort of a question for the kv guide matt says does where does next episode start yeah i i guess probably not in bed i I, it's a good question uh we're not done with it at all i guess it's like yeah ross and rachel didn't end like the first time they got together um so we, it could just be starting, but at least like this version of it, 1.0 or 0.0, we're done with. Um, Dr. Amanda, producer Kelly says, which actor was the best at playing a younger version of themselves? Ooh. Um, like, so who's the most believable as a younger version of themselves or who's the most funny? I mean, we, we've already gotten this, this Schmidt, right? Like, we've already seen this in the show. If I'm yes, you'll have to remind. That's yeah, correct. so I, I I do I do feel like like young Jess is pretty successful, like pretty is, is sort of believable here. Like, you know, like we get two versions of Nick. It's like funny. It's I think Winston's probably the best younger version of himself, though, in terms of being believable and funny. So producer Kelly agrees she put Winston first. I think Jess is the best. I thought mm-hmm. Jess like the way they styled her with the prom dress and her hair and then the way her bangs slightly evolve for when she's out of college, but still younger than she is now. I thought that was great. And, but, but I am really not sensitive to age, not to get into the Ben Platt of it all, but as long as the other characters around them are also like reasonable in age, that's, I haven't watched pen 15, but that is slightly my hesitation, right? Isn't Mm. all the other stars, aren't all the other stars of our actual team. Yeah. 
I haven't seen it either, but I think it's like it's sort of like um, oh, what was the one with Amy Sedaris and Steve Colbert where like she's in high school? I'm forgetting. Uh, Akiva, do you know what I'm talking about? You don't. I I know of it. I don't know the name, but I think like okay. this used to be the regular thing in Hollywood, and now they probably just stopped doing it. But yeah, like the age things can be weird on some of these high school shows or high school flashbacks. I mean, like it's that. funny. Like they obviously lean into it, like that they're not doing a great job. Like like they they're playing it up for laughs. So it's I think like all of them sort of work, except for Cece, who just like right. <laughs> looks exactly like the same with a slightly different hairstyle. But I did love like that. Like of course Jess's mom made her prom dress and it's like got all of this like pastel taffeta and the flowers on it and like I thought and she needs she calls like for a seam ripper like that it just like I thought all of that worked really well for her this is another story about sewing (laughs) (laughs) yeah Cece uh, producer Kelly has is the worst and I totally understand why but I think that's the point the whole point of Cece's story is that she looks like an adult and let's say that she's 18 right prom like not that that necessarily makes it okay, whatever, but... Um, like, never had an awkward phase, always looked glamorous. Exactly, and the bartender is, like, sweating while she's talking about... The, like, everyone around her is, like, she's mm-hmm. a mom. Like, I think it would be creepy if they made her look younger. Like, she right. has to kind of be the adult in the story. Sort of like Allie in her uh, zebra prom dress. Oh, my God, I forgot we did that. That's all <laughs> going to be edited out, baby. They'll never be the wiser. <laughs> I'm so self-indulgent and physically hurts. Okay, um, Matt, um, we already asked that. Okay, so who won the episode? We, we got through this clean, sort of. Uh, do you want to hear from producer Kelly and Matt Stewart? Do you guys want to throw out? Let's, why don't I, you guys go first? Do you know, do you have one in mind, Keith? Do I, do I know who won the episode? Yeah, I, I figured it out. Um, <laughs> I think I because we, we've seen the least of him I'd in like flashbacks. I'd like to solve the puzzle. Yes, I would like to solve <laughs> I think we've seen the least of him in flashbacks. I do think, and just like seeing him learn about um, the fact that they were pros and not uh, and not his women, I think it's a slight win for Winston. You can make a case for Jess. Uh, you know, Cece, I, I'm, I'm happy she's included, but I don't think you can make a case for her, even though that's like hilarious. It's very, she has the least to do. Uh, you know, uh, Nick has Nick has a great episode also at the end. But he's too annoying in the flashback for me to give him the episode. And so I'm giving it to Winston. Dr. Amanda? I, I'm going to give this to Nick. I love this episode for Nick. We get we get two versions of young Nick here. like So that's the only character that we get the two versions of. Like, I... I get that it's like very awkward but I think like I think it also like propels his character more than the other characters um and you know like I think that he's like both has sweet moments and really really funny moments so I I would definitely give this one to Nick this is what's hard where I torture myself of like what does winning the episode means if it's the Mm -hmm. best outcome I think it's Jess because a, she end, ends up with actually having a good story. And not to be ignored, the hot firefighter's hitting her up now as an adult. Like, that's really a win. That Teddy's still like, hey, uh-huh. I'd like to see you. Um, and she ends up hooking up with Nick in a very romantic, fun gesture. So I think she comes out with the, like, situational, win, circumstantial win. Mm-hmm. I would say Winston probably has the funniest lines, like the funniest moments. Yes. But I like to give it to who I think has the best outcome. So I think I'm saying Jess, but 
all of them really. Nick is close. Like, it's all close. Producer Kelly says, Schmidt, he was the funniest. Example of the lines, I swear if this is another story about sewing. And David Foster <laughs> Wallace, where's the sex? And reconnects with Elizabeth, who is on board with his weird German sex toy. Good for him. Matt Stewart says, it's very simply, Jess and Nick share it for doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people do it in this episode, though. A lot of doing it. Yeah. Um, so where are we putting Teddy on the boyfriend rankings? Ooh. I don't think we put all three of That's them. not a boyfriend. Okay, well then do we put the do we put the superstore guy on? That's closer to a boyfriend. I don't know. See, are they a prom date or a boyfriend? I don't know. Well, they started the club together. They both mutually asked each other to prom. I think we yeah. got to put uh, Johnny Pemberton on. Okay, fine. <laughs> but he's, like, nice. I'm going to put him high up, and I don't know enough about him, you know? I'm not going to put him high up. Like, it's, I'm sure plenty of people are nice. Dr. Amanda? No, I would I would rank Teddy more than that guy because he's in like the present day of Jess's life, giving her a call, right? I, I agree with Doctor Amanda, but I was deferring to Akiva. Is it two against one? I mean, he, it's fine. I don't mind ranking him. He's, um, I mean, I like it better than Fancy Man. You're putting him. Where do you have Fancy Man? Because I have Sam then Fancy Man. Number yes, two. we both have Sam then Fancy Man. I have both of our rankings. You're putting to, who's Peter? I don't, oh, Peter's the one who stands her up. I mean, she doesn't yeah. have a lot to. I no. I like. I think I like Genslinger. Fine, I'm gonna put him between Fancy Man and, and Genslinger. Number three, he gets the bronze medal right now. All right, I'm putting him under Fancy Man, but I have Jax under Russell. I'm just writing high school boyfriend because we're not gonna remember this guy's name. No, no, it's one, Teddy. It's Teddy. Who's not? We're not gonna remember his name. Firefighter. Oh, we're ranked. Oh, this is Teddy. I thought we were doing a high school boyfriend. No. Oh my god. <laughs> Fine. Teddy. Okay, so I have Sam Russell, Teddy the firefighter, Jax Genslinger, Peter who stands her up, Nick as the fake wedding date version, uh, Bearclaw and Spencer. I mean, I'm tempted to throw Nick in if the standard is sex, but maybe let's wait. You have Nick. You have you have Bearclaw no, and Nick fake... Spencer in my rankings. No, no, Nick. We put Nick as the fake wedding date version of himself. Ah, uh, okay, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> it's so easy to follow. Mm-hmm. All right, Doctor Amanda, thank you for joining us. We do have a banana minute. Do you have to go? Because this has been a long time. No, can... no, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm good. All right. So Kiwi sent a banana minute. I think. Did yes. I? Because I. Friday, so... September third. Here we okay. go. So, hey, Yosef. What? Um, so, you just came home from school. What? And uh, what are you carrying in your hands? Rock storm, my rock storm attackinator. For your rock storm attackinator. To destroy Galvanax. No, no, not to destroy Galvanax. After I put the potion on them. It, it, Wait, so what? But tell me what your plan is with the rocks. Shoot them at Kevin Ack when I put the potion on it. He does turn four, four and a half. Mm-hmm. And he'll be like, that's like me. Oh, have little... long hair. Yeah, you have long hair? Yep. Uh, okay. And he'll also have a face like me. <laughs> Wait, come here. Get back here, evil genius man. So, I don't what's the, I don't understand. How are you going to have, how are the, I'm, we're missing a step. How are the rocks going to become a potion? 
they're not becoming potion. I'm gonna put potion on them. Well, how do you get potion? Where's potion? On the moon. Ah, okay. Let me guess. Banana has potion. No, I have potion on the moon in my room. You have your own room at Banana's house? Yes. You don't even have your own room at this house. That was such a good banana minute. That was a great one. The you know what rock, we haven't the done? The Tack Rockinator. <laughs> we haven't had intros for the Garner Minute, but who cares? Well, there is no Garner Minute this week. But I know. I'm just, we'll I have forgot. Um, I love that. I love, I keep great exposition from you. I feel like we really need it. Speaking of color commentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. MVP of that. You got to know minute. when to get, when to like do the interview. You know, kids coming home, they're excited. That's when you get it in. <laughs> Uh, how school? That was quite a while ago. The kids back in school. Yeah, I probably recorded that uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. All right. Well, good for your households. All right. <laughs> um, if you want to let us know what you think about the podcast, you could go to anchor.fm slash new girl old guy or search new girl or search old guy on iTunes and or Apple Podcasts and tell us how you feel. Um, Dr. Amanda, I have not talked about this on any podcast, but Dr. Amanda and I um, played a few hours of a made-up game called the Black Widow Brigade uh, almost a year ago, 11 months ago, and it has become a (laughs) 10-part series on YouTube that is extremely professionally done and very impressive, and I wish I had, um, like, tried harder or something. (laughs) (laughs) You did great, Allie. You steal the show. Yeah, we played a game for like three hours or something, and now it's a 10-episode <laughs> YouTube series, and people are actually podcasting about it, too. Yes. Um, past and future guests on NGOG have podcasted about it on Silent Podcast. Akiva, have you checked this out? Uh, I have not yet, but uh, I plan. Maybe I'll binge it all before the finale. Maybe. <laughs> How, how are we coming on watching, um, listening to mine? And it's right. I'd say it's right after that. It's going to happen right okay. after. <laughs> it's on the list. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a busy um, boy. You can check out Dr. Amanda talking about psych um, with the great Jason Curtis Rivera, author of our author, composer <laughs> of our outro music, also featured on Black Widow Brigade on I Know You Don't Know. That's right. If you yeah. know, you know, but I know you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I like to say that we're too, like, we're a lot like NGOG, but we're less famous, and we're talking about a less popular show for twice as long. You... It's really hard to get less famous. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, and we, but yet, yet we did. We, we've achieved it. You, um, and you're the me. You haven't seen the show. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the old guy. Mm-hmm. One day we should do a Freaky Friday, and Dr. Amanda and me will do this, and Jason and Akiba will do Psych. You're just trying to split us up as much as possible. That's fair. I mean, I don't need to try to split us up. Um, (laughs) Speaking of which, you could check out Akiva. I actually know what's going on in Renap this week. Two weeks ago, the great Kirsten McGinnis talking about Sex and a Kiwi. This week, you talked about Addison Ray on Netflix. Is that? I saw a great. I saw a great tweet, uh, which I know my daughter will really like. I don't think she's up anymore. 
Like, there's all these Met Gala. I'm sure Allie's whole Twitter feed is the Met Gala. I think you're you're a big Met Gala person, right? Am I wrong? I'd never be invited. Well, I know you wouldn't. I mean, you would one day be invited, but I I feel like you're a big Met Gala person. I look at the fashions. So someone said, ooh, Addison Rae is wearing Shane. I thought that was funny. I get it, because it's like my whatever. Anyway. You got to so be there. So you can check out jokes <laughs> like that over yeah, on Renap, uh, website.com If only. Renap. Yeah. Um, and then you're doing 32 fans, football. Yeah, that back Me to, and Missy are going to be 32. out there, baby, on Sunday. It's our first voyage Oh, you're, so you're doing, you're doing, uh, you're running drills this Sunday. This That's Sunday, exciting. baby. Blue and 42. Alex is deep into editing of this, of the uh, soda tournament, he told me. So. It's, oh, is anything listenable going to come out of we'll that? We'll see. We'll see. But uh, Dr. Mena was there, too. Like, so. I need more enemies. I don't know if she'll game. be I don't know if she'll be on much of the soda tournament. But, yeah, Probably I think you were not. there. You were right in front I of was. us. Yeah. She was sitting next to me. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you'll be on a lot of it. I think, Amanda, did did we tell you how uh, – did we talk about it on GOG? Have I told you what I, my pitch to Ki- Akiva was for putting out the soda tournament? No. So my suggestion is that instead of trying to make sense of the gobbledygook on the audio, is that Keeve and Chester should sit should have sat down like the next day and recorded an oral history of the soda tournament ah. and then cut in certain clips. So like they set up like, all right, then we had this round and seven up was against Sunny D and like whatever. And yeah. then they like cut certain clips. It would take Chester far longer than what he's doing now and more sympathetic I could not be but I think that would be a better product right because I think it's going to be hard to like follow what the matchups are and where you are so I mean yeah yeah but I mean whatever whatever comes of it is going to be great it was it was a true joy to be there uh, and witness it go down in person and I'll definitely I'm eagerly awaiting the edited product Spoken like someone who's not going to get totally hosed for <laughs> taking up too much room space in the room. But that's fine. I know what I was doing. <laughs> it was what it was. <laughs> All right, Akiva. We'll mm-hmm. be back next week. I don't believe we have a guest, so maybe we won't be back. Uh, thank you again to Dr. Amanda, who messaged us and said, I think I'm supposed to be on this week. <laughs> and she was correct, as she often is. Uh, oh, you could follow Akiva at Keep26. You can follow me at Last Sweets. Uh Dr. Amanda, I don't know which of your Twitters you want to. No, you yeah, follow me. Follow me at Dr. Amanda R. Dr. Amanda R. Dr. Amanda R. Uh, we'll be back next week, Keeve, uh, to talk about season two, episode twenty-four. Before we throw it to Dr. Amanda to close us out here, if you want to lodge a guess about what this episode's about, it's called Winston's birthday. Well. I'm going to th- guess it's Winston's 30th birthday, and um, I don't know why, like, it's ran. I wonder if this is another sort of, we, I called it a bottle episode, maybe it's a filler episode. I'm predicting a filler episode pre-wedding. That's my prediction. Not moving the plot along next week. You. Okay. Um, and thank you for joining us for Non-Goys Obsessed Gleefully. This has been a lot of fun, and we'll see you next week. My pipe and my dog, my pipe and my dog. My pipe and my dog, my pipe and my dog.
Bye, bye.